Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Midweek show coming at you in full effect like we like to do each and every Wednesday or so, about 9 Central. You know, didn't wasn't able to bring you the show yesterday. Had a had some storms out here in West Texas. They slowed me down a little bit, so I was in the air by the time we need to be doing the show. But, uh, you know, we're back. We're in full effect, and we're going to go hard, man. Um think I should have called this the homecoming weekend because we got a couple of title defenses going down in, uh, you know, some champions hometown. Uh, we've got guys talking a lot of noise and testing positive. Will we get that Manny and Pacquiao, Mayweather, two little social media beef been going on, man. But before we get in that, I just um, want to give a shout out to my little brother. The boy D2 out there in L.A. It's his birthday today. Give a shout-out to my man out there, man. Uh, he'll be in the building with me on Saturday, the 27th, when we check out this Maurice Hooker versus Jose Ramirez unification. Hashtag all or nothing. We'll be in the building. Like we were about this time last year when we saw my man Mikey Garcia put it to our guy Easter Jr., so we've been making this sort of like a thing, you know. I like to go see boxing. My brother likes to move around. We just make it happen. So we'll be doing that. Um, been a good week. Like I said, we've got a good weekend of boxing. Lots to talk about. But first, we've got to start it off with some sad news. It's been a tough week for boxing. Um, on Friday. Uh, junior welterweight Maxim Dadashoff died. Well, he didn't die. He fought, and he um he, he was fighting the guy Matisse, I believe his name was Puerto Rican guy. He was giving him them blues for the whole eleven rounds. Um, it was to the point where in the eleventh round, uh, Buddy McGirt was pleading with Dadashoff to let him stop the fight. You know, Dadashev did not want to stop the fight like a true warrior. He wanted to keep on going, but McGirt went ahead and stopped the fight. Um, after that, you know, Dadashev stayed in the corner for a little bit, looking, you know, just taking deep breaths, looking like he got beat up, looking like he didn't know what was going on, um, looking like he didn't understand why McGirt stopped the fight. He tried to get up. It didn't seem to work. Um, you know, they took him to the hospital. I mean, they put him in a little gurney, took him out to the, uh, took him to the hospital right after the, the fight, went straight to surgery and, um, come to find out that on Tuesday morning, as a result of brain injuries that he suffered from the 11 round knockout loss to Sabriel Matisse, Matias on a uh, Friday in the MGM, um, you know, he, he died, man. So, you know, RIP to Maxim Dadashaw. And then, you know, with that said, today we found out Argentino boxer Hugo Alfredo Santillian um, died Thursday in Buenos Aires uh, of injuries he suffered in the ring. From what uh, from what I read up on that, this guy he fought to a draw, valiant effort to a draw, and passed out before they can even announce the draw. 
he suffered a uh, in ring during the draw announcement. So he passed out before they can even can even say that it was a draw. He passed out and he never woke up again. So um, you know he died today, twenty three years old, man. So um, this boxing is crazy. You know we got people talking about they want bodies and all that, and we're and as fans, we're all about it. You know, sounds good and all, but you know, when, when it comes down to it, we don't want to see our fighters, you know, the guys that entertain us, you know, die out here in the ring. Um, but with that said, man, I want to go ahead and start the show off with a moment of silence uh, for a ten, uh, Santillian and uh, my man Maxim Dadashaw. R.I.P. Brothers. All right. Now let's get to the boxing. I'm going to put the SOS on, see if the guys are going to come out. Who knows? But let's talk about it, man. Saturday in Arlington, Texas, we have one of the first homecomings that we've got going on. My man, Maurice Hooker, is putting his WBO junior welterweight belt up against Jose Ramirez, who is putting his WBC belt up. So, of course, this is for the unification, junior welterweight titles. This is something that uh, I think is going to be very, very exciting, very interesting fight. We've got um, Maurice Hooker, a guy, Mighty Mo, who's who I've liked um, ever since. I saw him go out there, go over there to Manchester and give Terry Flanagan that work in his hometown for that vacant WBO title. After that, he gave uh, he gave uh, Saucedo that work in his hometown. Um, I think, I can't remember if he went to his hometown to fight some guy, uh, Les Pierre. He gave, that was, it was easy work, unanimous decision. But now it's time for the big dogs to play. Jose Ramirez out there from RC, RC's area, Central California guy, guy RC's been pumping for a long time. You know, we saw him fight against Amir Amon. A unanimous decision gave him that work. Um, We've seen him come up, but we saw a majority decision against Jose Zapata his last fight. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent sure on how I, how that fight went, but for some reason I think it left a bad taste in my mouth when it came to Jose Ramirez and if I thought that he was the big dog. In fact, I thought he might have been talking about going up to uh, super lightweight. I mean, going up to, um, what is that, welterweight? I guess it's the next one going up. Yeah, going up to welterweight to fighting because he couldn't make the weight. But he says he's ready. He says he's ready for uh, for a war. We know that that's what he is going to give us. Um, Ramirez is is a no uh, nonsense Mexican. You know the original, well, not the original Mexican, but the the most known Mexican style. Where he's just coming in there, he's punching, he's giving you, he he's in your face the whole time. It's not very calculated, but he's in your face the whole time. Twenty six year old, undefeated, twenty four and zero with sixteen KOs. Like I said, Maurice Hooker, I believe he might be a little older. Yeah, 29 years old. He's undefeated, 26-0, 17 KOs. Like I said, he's from – the fight is in Arlington. He's from Dallas, Texas. That's that's damn near the same thing. I think that's like being from L.A. and maybe fighting in Pasadena or something like that. You know, uh, you know, not really the city, but it is. The, it, it really is the city. It's the same damn place. So he's getting the fight home homecoming. I think this is going to be a good fight. Like like I said, I'm definitely going to be in the building. Me, my brother, and my old man, like we did about this time last year. Um, but hell of a fight. Um, before I make my prediction, I think we got 
one of the hosts on, co-hosts on. We got my man. Let's go ahead and take it down there to Southern California, to the host of the Relatively Fat and Black podcast, Heavy Handed J edition, the Heavy Handed edition. Let me take it to my boy JP out there in Inglewood. JP, what's poppin', my man? Shit ain't nothing, bro. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Jr. Uh, I'm at the baseball field, man. I've been here three nights out of the week so far. It's about 10 o'clock at night. So doing my parent stuff in hopes of making my kid better. Hope this all pays off. I said, you better be goddamn Tony Gwynn by the time we get done with all this damn baseball. I got to be at <laughs> late at night every damn night. This is ridiculous. But, um, what they on some playoffs or something? No, man, I ain't shit regular. 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 So heavy demand from parents. I try to explain to her like, you know, back in our days it didn't take this much of a parent commitment because we was able to kind of roam the, the the neighborhoods a bit. But nowadays, you know, kids don't play outside nearly as much. So. In order for state to you know be on par with the other children who are playing, you gotta keep them on the field. So, story for another day. Excited for the weekend of fights. Love the Hooker fight. Love the Ramirez fight. Um, I want to get into some some got something to talk about when it comes to Gavante Davis. I feel like he's gotten lost on the boxing landscape a bit, and that's a dropping of the ball by PBC, if you ask me. So I'm ready to get into it, bro. All right, definitely, and uh, we've already, before to start off the show, I did give that RIP to Maxim Dadashev and uh, Hugo Fantillion, I believe. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to those guys. But, yeah, man, um, when you came in, I was just breaking down that hooker fight. Uh, Maurice Hooker, 26-0, uh, with three draws, which is which is sort of weird, versus uh, Jose Ramirez, 24-0, with 16 KOs. Um, both of them putting their WBC and WBO respective the belts respectively up uh, to unify, man. How did you said you were interested in this fight, man? How do you see this fight going? And break it down for us. Oh, it's the classic. It's the classic uh, styles colliding. It has all the nuances to make it a fight worth interest, an intriguing fight. It has the, the black slick fighter versus the tough. Non never quitting Mexican fighter, so you know it's always going to be a test of styles who's able who's able to outwill the other, a battle of fruition, um, a battle of concentration. You know, a lot of times a fight like this is going to be uh, ebb and flow. You can see the the slick fighter, you know, making the other guy miss, and then there will be times where the pressure guy is applying his pressure and outworking him. So somebody will break. Somebody, I believe, are both guys undefeated? Yeah, both guys are undefeated. All right. So somebody's going home with uh, with their L, with the L on their record. So you got two guys who don't know how to lose, two champions, man, two dudes right there on the doorstep of, uh, I, I'd at least say, boxing, boxing stardom. That don't mean you're a star. You're a boxing star to some degree. They'll be on the do- doorstep of that. And uh, big things for the winner. Loser kind of falls back to the middle of the pack and has to get another fight or two to get back in this position. But I think this has potential to be fight of the year. You know, this has this is a potential fight of the year candidate. Um, initially, I thought uh, Ramirez would just be too overwhelming for Hooker. But as of late, Hooker showed me, you know, a few more tools in the box than I initially thought he had. But we'll see. You know, a lot of times right here we know that Ramirez is tough. We know that he's coming here and he's coming with his hard hat, his lunch pail. But when you got the slick fighter, the the question always is, what happens when he gets hit? What happens when he gets in trouble? What happens when that pressure is on him and he can't fight at his pace and he can't do the things he likes to do? And so we'll see those things come into play. And we could also see, you know, Ramirez, what happens when, you're not able to connect. What happens when you're hitting all air? What happens when you're being made to look a fool? So 
all those things will come into play, play out. Somebody's going to go home with the L on the record. A lot to lose, a lot at stake for both fighters. So very excited for it. So who is your prediction? Who is going home with the L? Who's unifying? Oh, damn. I'm going to say I will take Ramirez in a unanimous decision. Where's the fight at? The fight is in Arlington, in Dallas. So Maurice Hooker's yeah. hometown. Shit. That's going to be uh, Ramirez's hometown. I don't see Hooker having more fan support than Ramirez in Arlington. I could be wrong. Well, you can correct me and you can deny him. But I know, you know, Mexican, um, there's a lot of Mexicans down there in Texas, and they come out to support fighters. So I see Ramirez. Um, who then you have to equate who who if you're a promoter who has more legs going forward and I'd still have to say Ramirez so maybe the house so you know Ramirez, is, Ramirez. and Bob Arum this is this is this is uh co co promotion right here because so this is the zone this is match room versus Bob Arum right uh ah, so, yeah so this is so like straight so. down the line might be straight down the line. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I don't think that anybody can sway either way, but, you know, this is a DAZN. DAZN is match room. You know, they might be, if it's close, they might lean towards a DAZN guy, but Bob Arum's right there also, man. So, I feel like, so you uh, got Jose- Ramirez, I feel like Ramirez means far more to top rank than Hooker does to DAZN. I almost feel like Hooker is expendable at the zone to some degree. Whereas Ramirez, with top length slim inventory, you know, they need him to keep being somebody. And he's selling out 13000 over there in Central Cali. So, yeah, Ramirez is the guy you probably won't go forward just based on, you know, numbers and revenue. All right, there you have it from JP, Jose Ramirez, with the unanimous decision. Let's take it to the other coast, the East Coast, to Central New York, to my man Janelle. Janelle, man, what's popping, man? What's popping? You on? Uh. (laughs) East Coast. Uh. The least coach, yep. <laughs> Fucking with Janelle. I know you saw the uh, text that he was on, right? Uh, you know, this guy out here, dog. Well, let me go ahead and break it down for uh, how the way I see it, man. Like I said, last time we saw Jose Ramirez, he was getting worked by a guy named Zapata. Uh, it was a majority, what is that, majority decision win? He got, so that means somebody had it to draw. The pay that nobody's heard of, he was uh, he was 13 and 30. No, he was 30 and 1 when they fought. Remember, nobody knew who he was. He came in there in his hometown and gave him that work. Now, I can't remember if it was, it might have been like a change. He was supposed to fight somebody else, and then he fought the pay to something like that. It might, it might have been some kind of uh, situation why. He was looking weak. But for some reason, I just remember thinking, damn, Ramirez isn't as good as I think he is, as I thought he was. You know, I didn't know if he could mess with the top dogs. And when I'm talking about the top dogs, I'm talking about Pro Grace, Hooker, and that guy from the U.K., Josh Josh Taylor. So, but then again, you know, we haven't seen Maurice Hooker get beat up. You know, he was in a tough fight with Terry Flanagan. It was, I think, you know, it was a tough fight. It was pretty good, but, you know, he was really giving him that work, if I remember correctly. Uh, Saucedo, he got him out of there. Um, so we're going to see. We're going to see if he could take the constant coming forward. But, like I said, Zapata could take it. So why couldn't Maurice Hooker? I'm thinking Maurice Hooker is coming in, and he's going to get the unanimous decision. And it might, it's gonna, it might be tough at the beginning, but I think it's gonna turn into easy work. We're gonna see Jose Ramirez beat up, cut up, 
looking crazy. And Maurice Hooker is going to show you California niggas what Texas niggas do, you know? And I think this is going to be just like that, man. You know, we went from the least coast, Janelle, out there, you know, saying that he's on and then not saying nothing, to the left coast, to JP. He's picking a guy that almost got worked by some bum we've never heard of, to the dirty third, where we, we, where we keep it real all the time. And Maurice Hooker is going to get this boy this work, man. He's too slick. He's too long. He's too rangy, man. So I've got Maurice Hooker with the unanimous decision unifying the WBC and the WBO junior welterweight titles are super lightweight, whatever you want to call it, like like the guy said on the on the thing. He's going he's not going home. He's just riding down the street to the house. He's already home. Unified champion. Let's go to Janelle. Let's see if Janelle's on before we get back on there. Janelle, you on? Yeah, I'm no. on now. Oh, okay. This nigga's on now. Yo, you be on. Oh, sorry, I was complimenting. Hey, what's up, man? Well, we went to you, dog. You said you was on. We went to you, and you disappeared. No, we just laughing. We just laughing, man. But hey, how do you see? The Hooker Ramirez fight, man. Unification. WBO, WBC, Junior Welterweight titles out here in Arlington, Texas. You know, honestly, man, you calling people the least coast and the and the more and the more least coast, man. You, I mean, you be on some shit. You be on some. I don't understand you sometimes, man. You just be playing, dude. Well, you I'm playing just too much. But, but, boy, just for that. I'm rooting for your hometown guy to get his ass knocked out now. Just for that. You making me hate Texas dudes, man. Seriously. It's your fault. <laughs> hey, man. How do you see the fight going? Hey, it's not my fault you you, you didn't uh we went to you, man. JP called it the least co- uh what do you call it? The least coast. And I was just agreeing with him, man. I think we both agreed that out of the coast the least, the, the east is the least. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about what brings us we're talking about what brings us all together what brings us all together. What brings us together as a country. We're talking about boxing, Janelle. Maurice Hooker versus Jose Ramirez. Who do you got? How do you see this fight going? I mean, I mean, it's hard for me to pick, but you know what I mean. I mean, I don't. Well, I'll pick against your hometown guy. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> I don't got, I don't got no way to call this fight, honestly. I'm trying to multitask. It's because right you don't know. No, 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 no. It's just All like right. I don't got a prediction. I don't got a prediction. Is it because it's that close or because you don't got a prediction? I just don't got a prediction. You can say it's close, but, I mean, I I really don't got a prediction on that fight. I really don't. Okay. All right. Well, uh, JP, before we get out of there, any last words on that one? No, man. No. Just uh, looking to see these clash of styles. And we'll see if your boy from, uh, from Texas got anything to do with it. See if he got anything to do. We see how my man, uh, my man from Philly did that Texas boy down there. So you know, Texas ain't the yeah. He got the barely win. All I know is I look on Black TV. All I'm seeing is boys from uh, LA snitching on each other. Uh, you know, telling, telling, and all that. Keefe D and these boys, you know, kill, killing two pops. Snitching is everywhere. Snitching is everywhere. Snitching is everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's gonna be real dudes. It's gonna be some snitch dudes. I don't care where you at, what well, hood you in. These boys on Vlad TV hey, pointing the finger. Ain't Texas considered the Midwest? Is that considered the Midwest no. or the, the Bunchy? No, no, it's called that's called Texas, the South. <laughs> what are you talking about, the Midwest? <laughs> Down in the Bunchy. <laughs> yeah, bump the Bunchy. Yeah, Bunchy. That was one of the guys' names, man. That they talking about, man. But hey. 
That's mom James, bro. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. But, like, with those guys, those yeah, guys are old sure. now. They're old now. So they ain't out there banging the way they was. So now they're just throwing beans. It is what it is. <laughs> just spilling beans. Hey, also, hey, also in that car, Tevin Farmer is fighting some guy. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Francois. Frenois. Something like that. Some Frenchman. Uh, so Tim Farmer's putting his belt up. IBF, he is the IBF Super Featherweight Champion, man. So he's putting his belt up. Um, any of y'all got anything on Tim Farmer? I don't think he's that good. I think once he starts fighting the real dogs, he's probably he's probably gonna fade away. I think Tim Farmer got really good skills. I think he has high level skills. I don't know that his punch power is what it needs to be, but I think his skills are high level. And, you know, he looks like a 130-pound fucking Zeus or a Debo. I swear the man looked exactly like a tiny-ass Debo. Debo. But that, that's, I like Zeus Tevin Farmer. Yeah, he looked like that, man. Janelle, you got anything on David? I mean, David. I'm not ready uh, to talk yet. Farmer. I think we're ready to talk. I'm ready to talk. I'll text you when I'm ready to talk. I'm not all ready to talk yet. I'm muting myself, right, and I'll cool, text you when I'm ready to talk. All right, all right. Well, there we go. Well, let's get on to the next one. Hey, man, one. fuck all that. Fuck all that. Javante Davis, Tank Davis to be exact, 21 and 0, 20 KOs, is putting his WBA super featherweight title up against Ricardo Nunez, 21 and 2. 19 KOs on Showtime Saturday night. You ask yourself, who the hell is Ricardo Nunes? And why is Javante Davis still fighting bums? I don't know. That's the question I ask myself. Is he taking, I don't know, I got to look at Floyd's resume, like take a deep dive and see when he started fighting real guys. But at 24 years old, I think he was starting to fight real dudes. Now, I know Floyd is his mentor, um, and that stings Adrian Broner. I know it stings him, but this is the guy. It's not Adrian Broner. This is the guy that Floyd is backing. This is the guy that Floyd says is up next. So Floyd is is babying this guy to the fullest. Now, you know, Canelo got baby, but, but Canelo was fighting real guys at 23, 24 years old. Um. A lot of guys are getting uh, – Wilder got baby. Damn. But once he – you know, yeah, Wilder got – you know, Wilder got babied up too. But but you have to. But I guess he – but he started late. He I think he was fighting. Javante Davis has been fighting way longer. Well, they probably been fighting about the – well, that's hard to say. Let's, let's take Wilder out of it. But Javante Davis is fighting a nobody, somebody he's probably going to knock out, Richard Nunes, never really heard of my uh, – this is first time fighting in America. Somebody he's gonna beat up. It is in his hometown of Baltimore, Maryland. So this that's why I wanted to call this the home the homecoming edition. Because there's gonna be some uh you know, these guys are gonna defend their championships. I believe both guys are gonna defend their championships in the hometown, but Javante Davis is fighting nobody again. Um I'm looking at his uh his resume. He fought Hugo Ruiz. Who? I don't know. Jesus Celiar. I don't know how to say his name. Who who is that? I don't know. Francesca. Who is that? He was nineteen and zero, but who is that? I don't know. Liam Walsh. We sorta maybe sorta knew him. Pedraza. We sorta we knew who Pedraza was. So he's got a couple of fights, but he hasn't fighting anybody since two thousand and seventeen. I don't know what's going on with this guy. He's supposed to be the real deal. I think he's the real deal. But he ain't making real deal moves. Uh, I'm, this is gonna be, in fact, Gamboa is fighting on this on the undercard, and the and it was so- sounding like they're they're talking about fighting next if they both win. This guy's gonna fight Gamboa next if he wins. That's what it sounded like at the press conference. So I don't know what the hell they're doing with this guy. He's gonna fade away quickly if he keeps on fighting these bums. But I predict the knockout. I mean, that's e- that's going to be easy money. JP, I know you said you had something to say about this. You wanted to speak on this, man. 
now's your time. We've got Javante Davis putting up his WBA, uh, WBA super featherweight title up against Ricardo Nunez, who's never fought in America before. Well, there's a there's a few vines here that I want to swing on for a second. One being this being Gravante Davis's boxing weekend. This is Gravante's weekend. Supposedly, he's the marquee fight going down this week. He's supposed to be bigger than Hooker Ramirez. I don't think the momentum or the energy around the fight is there for Gravante. And I also feel like Gravante's gotten lost to a degree in the mix or the, the shuffle of young prospects on the boxing landscape. You got guys, I feel like Tiasimo Lopez has a bigger buzz than Gravante and hasn't been in the spotlight nearly as long. So, you know, that's one thing I feel like PBC is dropping the ball there. You know, I feel like they're really dropping the ball on getting Gravante, getting Gravante's notoriety. I feel like it has to be people not willing to fight him. It ha- it has to be. I don't think it's him not wanting to fight, but I feel like he's losing momentum. And this is arguably one of the most exciting fighters as a young fighter going today. You know, nothing but knockouts, speed, quickness, he's vicious, he's everything we want to see. But I feel like he's losing momentum, and I'm not sure why. Oh, I am happy to see. It looks like PBC and Showtime and Mayweather and money behind him now. Devontae uh, Davis kind of a little documentary come out with uh, Brian Custer and they're like, you know, Devontae has a baby now and he's saying the baby's made him softer and, you know, they, they give him the whole story and trying to soften his image. It even seems like he's taking some speech classes because he's talking a lot better supposedly. But uh, I'm happy to see that. So It makes me feel like they're, they're trying to push him and promote him and get them to the masses because maybe they feel the same way I do. You know, guys like Devin Haney and Tia Fimo and some of these younger dudes have came out and we've kind of lost Gravante in the scuffle where, you know, a year and a half, he was one of the hottest guys going. But at the end of the bill, you got to make fights, man. What this all comes down to is that you got to be fighting some people that we care about. And Gravante right now, he's not doing it. And I think he'll go through this weekend and go half halfway back into boxing obscurity for another six months or whatever it be. But he's still young. I believe he's only like 20, he's less than twenty three years old. So you know, there's twenty times yeah, left on the clock. Okay, twenty four. Twenty times youngest, left on the clock. He's the youngest like, American born champion. Okay, okay. Well, you know, there's time on the clock, man, but I feel like Gravante ready. You know, aside from anything, aside from age, I feel like he's been ready. I'm not saying he's ready for Lomachenko, but he's ready for everything just about. You know, even Lomachenko, I think that Gravante would fare well enough that he wouldn't lose any stock and it would only put him on a bigger stage for the masses. So I feel like even if he would take the Lomachenko fight and lose, it'll be a win for him. But I, you know, I've been worried about Gravante, and that. With that said, it's like, you know, we got to keep an eye on how how much he goes up and wait between fights. I've seen him in some picture, and I know angles can be deceiving, or you know, the dude look almost he looks fat. You know, he looks fat, and you, then you have to question what's his training like, what's his lifestyle outside of boxing. Is he living the life? I question. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that he is. But if May, Mayweather continues to endorse him, that means I'm going to stay high on him. We, I think Mayweather's endorsement is a good measuring stick. Mayweather never stamped Adrian Broner. When we was all pretty much begging Mayweather to say, yeah, that's little me, that's little bro, he kind of did that a little bit. But he never really put that endorsement like he's put on Gravante on Broner. And then shortly after that, that thing kind of crumbled between the two, we've seen why. Because Adrian wasn't that good. And I think Floyd, with his astute eye, knew that. But Floyd's willing to endorse Gravante lets me know that Gravante is the good. I think that's what I'm going to use to gauge it. It's Floyd's endorsement. 
So anybody Floyd endorses, I say is a good fighter, and that's why I continue to be high on Gavante. Gavante, since his um, Pedraza fight, that was a fight that was, was supposed to be his big step-up fight, hasn't fought anyone of name since, to my knowledge. So it's that time. It's that time. He's still young, and he has time on the side still, but we got to make sure we keep him on the big stages and keep him in the, the forefront of this boxing thing because, you know, top rank does have some young guns on their side and might not have a lot of inventory, but they got some of the best young guns as well as the zone on their side of the fence. So PBC really needs to get busy with this dude and get him a, a big fight and make him a pay-per-view star. The time is now. Yeah, it's funny that you said that you saw that you think they're trying to soften him up because that's the vibe that I got watching the little press conference a little bit ago is that he was trying to, you know, he wasn't talking any noise. He was, he, he wasn't, you might be right. He might have not been talking as crazy as he usually does, but he was looking crazy when he was talking like he was really trying. And, uh, yeah, I got that. So that's, I think they might be trying to, you know, wipe his image and try to make him a little more likable to the masses. So we'll see how that goes, man. But yeah, it should be easy work. I think we both, Agree this should be easy work for him that we're looking for a knockout. Oh, yeah. I, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him struggle, to be honest with you, because I don't believe, you know, I wouldn't be I don't know for a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised that he's not putting much into the training camp. We've seen him before the training camp get fat as shit. And then, you know, who's he beating against? The Pater? You know, I'm sure Devontae like, man, okay, when's my next real fight? Al, who we fight? Because I'm sure Gravante senses it. Another thing you got to worry about, though, man, is the comfort level. Now, Gravante is probably right now a good 100,000 air, maybe even a millionaire. This is a dude from the slum. You know, he's poor, poor. So you give a, a super poor little cat with a, a bad speech impediment, Maybachs and hundreds of thousands of dollars, you might lose some of the hunger. So, we got to keep this guy fighting, keep him in the gym, man. We don't want him sitting around being idle and finding ways to get fat and, you know, do other things and find choker chains. So, you know, they need to do better with Gravante, you ask me. Yeah, I think I might have seen him get slapped by his girlfriend on uh, on on the Internet or something crazy like that. I don't know. Yeah, he, he needs to stay busy. And I think they, uh, I think they're trying to rebrand him, and we'll see how that goes. But he's fighting another ball. Let's try this again. Janelle says he's talking. He wants to get in on this Javante Davis talk. So let's take it to Janelle. See if he's with us. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, to an extent, I disagree with JP. I think Floyd. Okay, Floyd didn't really connect with. Okay, he did connect with Bruno, but the fact that Bruno was already under contract already. And, and we all knew that after the contract was up, that we all knew he was going to sign with our Mayweather promotions. That was evident. It was imminent back then. But also another thing that Floyd always gave Broner oh, the proper advice. Broner just wasn't a man of listening. I mean, Davis actually listened. Yeah, but it's like, he endorsed I, him, though, is, is what I said. Did he no, no, but listen. No, 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 listen. Did he ever put that stamp on him? I mean, well, remember, remember, um, he's a... I'm under contract already. He was already under contract. And I'm sure, I backed him on Bruno's underbeaten. Everybody knew that Bruno was going to sign with Floyd Mayweather after his contract was up. It was just imminent back then. But, like, Floyd always gave Bruno the right advice, but Bruno never listened. He told, even after he suffered a loss, okay, one, one, even before he moved on weight, he, okay, he was saying that, that, that Bruno needs to be groomed a lot more, which was true. He should have stayed at probably 130. And just like stay dieting more because he was blown up in between fights. Even at one thirty, he was blown up in between fights. And he, and at that um, um, early age in his career, that was unacceptable. And um, that was the first advice that actually backfired on him. He moved up in weights way too fast. That was the first advice. Even uh, going to the Porter fight, he mentioned how Bruno should have stayed back home and just relaxed and everything after the training camp's over. But yet he was out. He was coming back to the boxing club, just hanging around trying to be down and everything. Floyd always gave Bruno the right advice. Bruno just didn't listen. He didn't listen, and that's what backfired on him. Davis, on the other hand, I think he listens to Floyd. He knows he needs more grooming. This is why he's not blown up in between fights. He needs more grooming. And I'm sure that, you know what I'm saying, 
I'm sure that uh, like that he knows that. And, and I mean, if Broner would listen to Floyd, I think Broner would have. Uh, uh, Broner would be. He would be a main attraction right now in boxing. Had he listened to Floyd back then, stay at the lighter weights and just groom himself a lot more, he would be a lot more skilly. He probably would still have his O under his, under his belt, and he would be a serious force in boxing. But he jumped up, got overpowered at 147 by Madonna. I mean, I mean, he's just like, hey, it was his fault. But I think that he didn't. Uh, Floyd did kind of take him under the banner, but he just didn't listen. Because to not be signed by Floyd and always be around Floyd like that, it was just obvious what was going to happen. But speaking on Davis, on this fight, I think it's going to be a second, third round knockout, either or. Um, there's no comp here. Um, you know what I mean? I, I think he's too young to get in there with Lomachenko, as everybody's clamoring for. I mean, that fight probably ruined his career. Yeah, you know I mean, so you know, Floyd taking his time with him. It's like he did with Canelo. And now look what Canelo is. So it's like, I mean, it's just grooming the kid. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he never fights Lomachenko. I wouldn't be surprised. But this fight Canelo is just basically fought just Floyd Mayweather at like 23 years old, right? Well, yes. Floyd was fighting big fights early. I remember he beat Gennaro Hernandez, which is like, um, in less than two years' experience. He beat Gennaro Hernandez, who's already a Hall of Famer, who only had one loss in this belt, and that was to De La Hoya, who's already a, a living legend at the time. So it's like Floyd, I but Floyd is the one in lifetime fighter. I mean, the guy was born to be a boxer, so it's like that's just a different ball game. But Floyd already was fighting big names early in his career, but that's just the one in lifetime. Canelo guy. fought Floyd. Canelo fought Floyd at around Davis's age. Yeah, but Canelo had a lot become, of. That's the blueprint from the cast cow. You can't do this. One, he was bigger than Floyd. You're 28, 30 years old. You can't go around doing this. The guys who become the cast cast cows, the guys who pass the torch, they start fighting them fights early. Let's go down the lineage of the torch passers. You got. I mean, listen, but listen. But listen, it's the fact that one Canelo is bigger than Floyd. Floyd was 36 years old. Everybody thought he slipped a bit. And Canelo has been a pro since he was 16. He already had a lot of experience. Davis does not have the experience now that Canelo had back then. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. And plus the fact that uh, Canelo is so much bigger than Floyd, so he thought he'd be able to bully him. Uh, going into that fight, a lot of experts predicted that shit. And like I said, and like I said, Floyd was 36 years old, past his prime. So it's like, you know what I mean, all those had to be uh, taken into consideration. So, you know what I mean? Is what it is. Well, well, yeah. I think we all, I think we're all up on Davis. Um, I just think he he needs to move a little faster than he is because in this oh, day oh. and age, this oh, isn't yeah, the old sure, school. For sure. for sure. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, this is day and age of what have you done for me? If you're fighting bums for the last two years, that's almost like not fighting them. You see what happened to Keith Thurman um, when he disappeared? People forgot about him. So hopefully he fights somebody good. But like I said, in the uh, uh, Gamboa is the undercard for this. And for some reason, it seemed like they were talking about that being the next fight if they both win. So if he fights Gamboa next, he's you know he might be losing me. But he hasn't lost me yet. I think we're all looking for the KO. And uh, we'll see. On to the next. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. Let's get to the news part. I think that's all the fights we got. Real quick on the news uh, little section, we got Dillian White testing positive for two ana- uh, anabolic ster- uh, steroids before the Rebus fight last week. Um, it was no. It was said that Eddie Hearn knew about it. Didn't and the uh, the boxing council, the British. BC Ada or something like that uh, knew about it, but they didn't let Rebus know until afterwards. He found out like everybody else did, I believe, and um, it got tested positive before the fight. A guy that's been a guy that I said that I enjoyed and I liked, and I thought that was good for boxing. Um, but if you get caught two times in a row, that means that uh, you're not trying hard enough uh, to you know to conceal 
that you gain that you need it that much that you got to do so much of it that you can't you can't even do it in the time frame that you need to be doing it. So that probably means you shouldn't be boxing. I think the last time over there they're not playing. I think he got two years last time that he that he got popped, and they're saying he could do up to eight years. So this could be the end of his career. Uh, another guy getting popped. Uh, luckily, you know, Big Baby Miller got popped. I, I don't know if this was his second time. He might have got popped in like MMA or something like that. But uh, he got popped. Everybody's getting everybody's testing dirty, and these are guys that are talking a lot of shit. Billy and White talked a lot of shit about uh, AJ doing uh, uh, doing steroids or something like that, and getting and and the drug testing. So it's funny, you know, how how this works, man. Also, you got Ruiz stating that, hey, this is why he doesn't want to fight in the U.K. because something like this can happen where they're bending the rules for whoever they want to, man. So, JP, how do you feel about that, man? Were you, were you, uh, you know, surprised to hear Dillian White tested positive? Or is that just another U.K. brother doing U.K. brother things? I'm a little surprised, a little surprised and sad to hear. You know, John White seemed rough and tumble, seemed to be improving. Seemed like he was improving on the fighter he was since the AJ fight. It was a possible fight that would have had some interest, him and AJ. Uh, seems like he was on the good stuff, too, where they're talking with serious bands. This is not, from my understanding, a metabolic steroid. It's an anabolic, and uh seems like it's the good stuff that gets you the real bands. And so, you know, sad to hear it, man. And then I heard some other things, whereas White's team knew the British, whatever, the testing they, the agency they used there, they knew that the, the test had came in before the fight, and they still proceeded with the fight. The only person that didn't know was Reebok. So, man, you can't be doing stuff like this. We just seen two deaths in boxing in the same week. I don't know if that's ever happened. But this is boxing, a baby born with a black eye. And from time to time, when you think everything's going well, some ugly things will rear their head. And that's what happened here in boxing. But I hope this, I hope this motivates boxing to try to right itself, man, try to have some more stringent testing. You know, if you're, if you're an athlete, you need to be tested year-round. This is a combat sport. You know, arguably the most dangerous sport on earth, and two men just died right in front of our eyes. You know, one of them, I don't know if that one dude died in the ring, Santatillion, whatever his name was, but, you know, and, and um, old Max there. Uh, you know, we, we have to see that, and that's a stain on our sport that we love. This is a niche sport, and each person, each one of us, actually means something to the existence of it, I believe. So, Boxing can do a lot for itself. This should motivate, you know, the powers that be to try to right these things, man. Revoz took a took a L. He could have died also. We also now we feel like saying, man, that guy could have died in the ring is not hyperbole. It's actual. You know, these, these we just seen it actually happen. So when we say, you know, it could kill somebody if he's on steroids, usually it sounds hyperbolic. But now, after seeing two dudes die in the ring, man, this is something we got to take serious. Dudes coming out here on steroids and stuff like that, putting guys' life at risk. And boxing really needs to do something about it right now while we have these instances on our hands. Yeah, most definitely. Well said. Uh, Janelle, you got anything on Dillian White testing positive again? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that dude's a joke, man. He talks a lot of smack, talks about other guys using shit, and it's his second time coming up dirty. I mean, I, I mean, goddamn, what the fuck is going on? Man? You think you got to fucking dope to be fighting that heavyweight? I mean, I mean, you have to be using that shit. I mean, that's just another black eye for the sport of boxing. But, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that, that's using that just hasn't been caught. Um, this guy is just getting caught. And it's just like, I don't know. It's a black eye for the sport. But, honestly, if we – if you see exactly how many people who actually are using that hasn't got caught, I think a lot of people would be even more like, okay, just let everybody fucking use that shit because everybody's probably already using that shit as it is, man. I mean, I, I, I mean, it just sucks. Uh, Dillian White, you know, guy been trash talking for so long, talking about guys using this and using that, and 
he's coming up dirty here. So it's a shame. It's a shame. But like I said, I believe a lot of guys are using. I believe a majority of fucking all combat of athletes, period, are using that shit. Are using something to stay going, yo. And I, I believe Packer used that shit his last fight. Shit, the way his output went up all of a sudden. I mean, and you saw the testing wasn't going on. So, hey, hey man, it just is what it is. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I agree. I agree with you. That's why I said that he couldn't even do it and not get caught, you know. He was doing it to the maximum. So he needs to be out of here. He's not even, you know, taking the proper oh, yeah. the proper time the proper time or whatever you need to do to get it done. So he he's doing it to the max, man. So get him out of here. I I won't be mad if we don't see him again. I mean, even though, you know, I, I won't be mad if we do see him again. So but we'll see how it goes with Dylan White. Get him out of here. On to the next thing, just the last one. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. You know, you brought up Manny, and we had Manny and Floyd going at it over the uh, over the weekend. Um, this is what happened last time when it was the Conor McGregor and Floyd fight. It's Floyd gonna be got a on the internet. Yeah, Floyd got on the internet talking noise. You know, Connor got on there talking noise back. Now, Manny, this time, he was saying some stuff, but we know Manny barely speaks um, fluent English. So these these uh, te- Twitter texts or whatever they're called, these tweets, they're probably not from Manny, but they're from somebody who's, who's Manny's right-hand man, I would believe. Whoever's talking is talking for Manny. So Manny's talking noise, saying that, Floyd Mayweather's trying to be relevant, saying his name, saying hashtag counterfeit money. You know, Floyd saying that his name, every time Pacquiao's name is is mentioned, they got to tie Floyd to tie, uh, tie Floyd to it. That's the only way he's getting his name. And uh, saying that he's the boss, since I guess him and Al Heyman are some kind of partners probably, and Manny signed to Al Heyman. So Floyd saying that he's somehow Manny's boss. Manny's clapping back. And he's not he don't see his name on the contract. But there's a lot of back and forth going on. And all this is telling me is that like Janelle said, that we've got a good chance that this fight is gonna happen. And I think they're gonna make a lot of money off of it. And not because it's gonna be a good fight. Yeah, not not because it's gonna be a good fight, but because Manny just beat Keith Thurman. Manny beating Keith Thurman gives everybody the hope that if he fights 42, 43-year-old maybe next year, Floyd Mayweather, that he can get him out of there. Manny drops a younger Keith Thurman. The people saw Manny, even though I think he only won six rounds, they saw him throw a lot of punches and be able to eat a lot of punches from a younger and stronger guy. Manny just made him and Floyd another at least half a million dollars. Not to, you know, not some kind of split, whatever kind of split they have, you know, but they, not half a million, half a billion, my fault, half a billion dollars. With some kind of split going on. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, half a billion. I think this is going to happen. Um, I think this is – I think Floyd saw the, the money signs come up. I think it's still going to be easy work for him. Manny's too slow. But, you know, I say that Floyd hasn't really been fighting, so who knows. But I'm pretty sure it'll be easy work. I'll still buy it even though I don't believe in it, but it's going to be very entertaining. Janelle, go ahead and uh, uh, what do you think about all this that's going on? You think the fight's going to happen? I mean, people hate Floyd so much that they're just going to uh, uh, get something. It's like a saying goes, but be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. But in this case, you're going to get a very disappointing night of boxing. It's like, you know, so people hate Floyd so much they want to see him lose that they just, okay, yes, Manny, I'll call out Floyd. Call out Floyd. I'm like, I'm like, call out Floyd. You're going to fight Floyd again. It's going to be a never dull fest. Floyd's not going to stand. I mean, Floyd is just going to slip Pacquiao. Pacquiao might have a little feel. 
a, a flurries here and there like he did in, in the first fight, a fourth and sixth round with the majority of the fight, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And Floyd's just going to pick him off. I mean, people say Floyd ran his last fight with Pacquiao. I don't know what he's talking about. I ain't seen no running. I've seen Floyd getting out of the way a few times, but for the majority of the fight, man, he had Pacquiao on his back foot. I mean, I mean, but hey, man, I mean, I mean people really think that Pacquiao is going to beat Floyd with Keith Thurman is a guy who has no defensive skills like Floyd. Yes, he's younger and stronger, but as Floyd proved time and time again, it's not about size and strength. It's about precision, timing, and execution. And and Floyd does it. Even at 42, I really see still a Floyd beating him and winning the majority of the rounds, about eight rounds, eight, nine rounds in the fight. It's a, I mean, he's not putting Floyd down the way he put Thurman down. I mean, Thurman backed up with his hands down. When have you ever seen a Floyd backing up with his hands down? Never. That's not what Floyd does. Even if he gets caught with a shot, he's always rolling when he gets caught. It's like a handful of times throughout his career where he got caught clean. And, and with Pacquiao, I mean, Floyd's going to be very cautious. He's, I mean, I mean, he's not going to back up with his hands down. He's not going to be square up. And, I mean, Pacquiao showed the first fight that he can't break Floyd's defense. He can't break it. And, I mean, don't don't look at the whole third. And not to mention, do you saw that testing wasn't involved? I mean, come on. He's going to have Pacquiao tested properly. And, and then, I mean, I, I just don't see that Pacquiao – and, and even if it is, I, I still want to see him beat Floyd. Floyd's just going to pick him off all night to a very boring decision. He's like, come on, y'all really want to see this? I mean, they really hate Floyd that much that they clamoring just to see another boring match. I mean, come on, man, go on. To, I, 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 we got bigger names to worry about in boxing or bigger fights. I, I really want to see both guys just retire and just walk up to the, and let boxing be. Because yeah, boxing was better off at the time when Pacquiao and Floyd wasn't really fighting, and he and he had the emergency of um Errol Spence stepped up and Crawford stepped up to 147, and you had other big fights like Brooks and, and Spence, which was really good for the sport, and it was just so good at that time, just not hearing oh Floyd and Pacquiao, Floyd and Pacquiao, but as soon as these old guys came back and it's just like come on man, I really want to see this fight again. Stop it, man. Stop it. Stop it, man. Make Spence and, and, and Crawford. That's the goddamn fight at 147 that that will be very entertaining. Two guys in the prime of their careers. The hell with Pacquiao, Floyd, too. But it's going to happen. It's going to generate a lot of money. Hello? Yeah, JP, my bad. Uh, it sounds to me okay. like it. Yeah, it sounds to me like uh, Janelle knows there's money to be made, so I don't know why he don't want to, to make this half a billion dollars. But JP, I mean, man, yeah, how do you feel about it? Do you think? Do you it's think only it's gonna, gonna be made because it's gonna happen? Of delusional boxing fans. That's why there's money involved. It's delusional boxing fans who hate Floyd and want to see Floyd lose. That's more okay, than JP. boxing fans. This is going to be more than boxing uh, boxing fans that get you half a billion dollars. That's America. But it's going to be another dull a, fight. Don't let this shit fool you. It's going to be a dull, even no, more than the first fight. It's going to be like the Roy Jones Hopkins I, fight. Uh, two, Roy Jones Hopkins That's what two. I said. It's going to be just like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to happen, and I'm going to pay for it. JP, what do you think about it, man? I think it's going to happen, and it should happen. Um, reason being, like Willis saying, all oh, these old guys and so guys. Well, that one of that that old guy just beat Keith Thurman, and who a year or two ago was at the you know the throne of the welterweight division. So whether their age, we ain't gonna age discriminate here. You know, they uh, Manny Pacquiao still a fine fighter, and you have to also whether the full training camp would be right there. So. Who wouldn't want to see the legend back in action, you know, taking it serious, training hard? You already know Pacquiao showing that, hey, dude, I'm still fighting at an elite level. I'm elite to these dudes who are fighting today. So tons of money to be made. I'd pay for it. Everybody will. Um, kudos to Manny for making this thing important again. Just when we thought this thing was dead in the water and everybody was going to sell into retirement, 
you know, hockey out there, not just yet, not just yet. Floyd's hung around the scene long enough, and this thing is hot again. You know, you got the corny-ass beef on Twitter, you know. Of course, Manny's fucking uh, publicist or whatever doing all his tweets. Uh, and, you know, Floyd saying his little bullshit in response here and there. So it is what it is, man. I, I don't see why we age discriminating. He's, Manny Pack, y'all showed. You know, shit. I just beat Keith Thurman. You still calling him on? Who is he? Yeah, I mean, I... I I I don't agree with you that I mean I don't think that the fight shouldn't happen. I'm not saying they should we're age discriminating neither, you know. I think this is the fight. This is who they should be fighting. They should be fighting each other and not fighting any young guys. Manny should go ahead and give up that belt and let the young guys have their have their way and he could just uh he could just I mean, get paid with with Mayweather. But Mayweather still going to smoke. Him, so it's still going to be a boring fight. I believe that. I believe that, but see the difference in Floyd. See, that's why Manny always gonna go down higher than Floyd, and he would have before this one. He's based on courage alone. Now that's a that's a hard area to to, to um, a hard corner to put Floyd in and say Floyd doesn't have courage. I don't think that Floyd would have took the Thurman fight. I don't think he comes back for that. But Manny did. You know what I mean? So. I think this is who they both should be fired. I agree with you, Willa. But then there's a nuance to where after they fight, because are neither of these guys going to fight Spence? Are neither of them going to fight Thurman? Or, well, Manny fought Thurman, but I don't think either of them fights Spence or uh, Crawford or any like thing like that. So that's why I've always been in favor of a senior circuit. You start that mug at you know, 40 years old, 38 years old, and have a senior circuit, man, and you can have it in tears. And then we don't have to worry about these older guys consuming belts just for particular fights that aren't for every, everyone else can't be in on. So, but nonetheless, nonetheless, I'm paying for that fight. He can do it the first time around. But Manny Pacquiao has done a phenomenal job of making this thing relevant again. Floyd has nothing to do with this. Nothing. I don't think Floyd ever seen this. He never forecasted this. He never budgeted for this. Manny Pacquiao just made this thing relevant again on his merits alone. So, you know, kudos to Manny, man. Kudos to Manny. Yeah, yeah. he did. He did this by himself. I, I mean, I agree with you on that. He's the one that put the put the money in the, these guys' pockets by putting in their work, by dwindling Keith Thurman and signing the contract where VADA testing wasn't wasn't mandated, and then to putting on a, a pretty good showing for an old dude. So, yeah, man. Um, but I think that's all we got for this week, man. Anything else before we get out of here, JP? Anything for the relatively fat and black podcast got going on? Nah, you know, man, I want to cook something up, but I'm about tired of going back and forth with haters behind Magic and Kawhi and all this shit. You know, I, I just come to the conclusion there's a, a sect of people out there that want Magic to fail, and there's a sect that I happen to be in that you can do no wrong. And that's just how it is. But uh, nothing cooking, really, to be honest with you. But I'm looking forward to Devontae getting busy this weekend. Always looking forward to Gamboa looking amazing for three rounds, then fizzling out, and Hooker Ramirez. So we got something to look forward to. For sure, for sure. Uh, Janelle, anything before we get out of here? Yeah, um, I agree to an extent. Is the Pacquiao that actually uh, did make the put my in the pocket because, of course, he, he did beat Thurman. But I think it's more of the delusional fans who really think. I think they're the main ones actually clamoring for it that's making it even bigger than what it actually is. I mean, but, but I mean, I do see what you're saying because Pacquiao is the one putting in the work that makes it, that makes those fans clamor for it. But those delusional fans just need to stop it, man. It is what it is. But, I mean, yeah. Um, uh, let's see what happens with Davis's career. 
come out after this fight, I'll be picks it up a notch and, and fight someone that's actually more credible, you know? I really do. Because I really, I mean, I mean, I really want to see him tested. If he fights Gamboa next, is that credible? I mean, I mean, Gamboa has a name, but we all know he's past his prime. We all know he's, I mean, I'm 50 say actually ruined the guy's career, if you ask me. I mean, he should have never put him in there with Bud Crawford. He should have never made him move up and wait to fight Crawford. But, of course, that was, I mean, I guess, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was for the money, but that was a dumb move on 50 Cent's part. I mean, that showed the inexperience on his part because he literally ruined that man's career. So it's like, I mean, yes, Cro- uh, uh, Gambo has a name, but we all know he's not the same fighter he was at one time when he was looking like he had promise in the sport. But it's a name. And, and, and Davis never fought a guy with a name yet. So, I mean, he's going to beat Gambo at this point in his career. But it's just for the name itself. It's like it's like when Canelo beat uh, Shane Mosley. It was just for the name. We all know Shane Mosley was well past his prime. But he had a name under his belt. And that's what that's Davis going to have a name under his belt. That's all it is. But like 50 years right. no one will look at it and see that Gambo was past his prime. It's just going to be that on his record. So, I mean, that's just how it is. So, time takes care of that, you know. So, so that name will be credible 20 years from now. You know? All right. Well, yeah, that's where we're going to end it, man. Appreciate y'all coming on, Janelle, JP. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday uh, with the breakdown of the fights and any uh, other news we got going on. Hopefully that boy RC is in the building. So, we'll uh, see y'all on Sunday. Outsiders Boxing Podcast. We out of here.